0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Diane Eisnor about her company, Core, a new construction labor marketplace, and her experience helping organizations scale and being a serial entrepreneur. Diane Eisner, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to have a chance to chat with you. You have an interesting business, which we're going to be exploring together today. Uh, The name of your business is CORE, and and you're involved in creating a construction labor marketplace, uh, which is super interesting and fascinating. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about that um, and helping listeners understand more about what what you're offering um, to the market in terms of this resource but also some of of what you've learned in leading your organization um, and some of the, the lessons that that would be applicable uh, for this audience as we get started today i wanted to share uh, your bio with everyone diane eisnor is a serial entrepreneur and the co-founder ceo of core a newly launched construction labor marketplace supporting the construction workforce of the future. Third time startup CEO, angel investor, and powerhouse female business leader. Diane comes from a family of tradesmen and truckers whom she finally gets to serve full time. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, what, what a fun opportunity um, in, this, in this current company, to, in this current role to, to make a difference in the marketplace. And uh, I look forward to the discussion. Anything else you would like to add by way of personal background or context before we really launch into the conversation? No,
1: not at all. It's been a wild ride. <laughs>
0: cool, cool. Well, so let's start. Let's start a little bit with that wild ride. If you can tell us a little bit about how you got to where you're at now, going from your previous organizations to now launching, you know, a construction labor app and this this uh, this construction. Um, Marketplace, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you're where you're at and uh, what that journey has been like.
1: You know, it's interesting. It's um, you, you read a lot about leaders who have a pretty linear background. You know, they I don't know studied computer science, then got their MBA at Harvard. There's a lot of this kind of linear um, uh, path finding in the in the valley, but um, my path was you know I think a little bit different and. In terms of obviously where I grew up, there's not a lot of us from Rockton, Massachusetts, out here in Silicon Valley. Uh, definitely not a lot of people um, with the kind of family that I come from, which is amazing. But like I, like you mentioned, it's you know truckers and tradesmen and um, really kind of wonderful people, but very different than than who we see day to day out here. I actually went to school for painting. I thought I was going to be an artist. <laughs> nice. uh, then I realized once I got to NYU that I was just a pretty mediocre painter and I decided to pick up business. Uh, but there was always that two sides of you know the very practical and pragmatic with the very creative and and wanting to solve problems. Uh, and so it's you know it started there, and I, I started my first company right after right after college, and it was an interactive um, ad agency. It was the the dot com era. And I think I became addicted to the adrenaline of building something new, these new movements and industries. And I just, I just love it. Uh, I love being a part of it. I love um, what I can contribute. And then as I got older, you, know, you develop more skills and you can contribute more. And I, I'm probably most known for my work at Waze. Uh, Waze is the navigation app, that your listeners probably know. And I started the US office of that company in 2009. And I was the only one here. It was just a few folks in, in Israel who had started had started it, and I just I I loved what they were trying to do, their approach. It made so much sense technically and, and professionally. And um, I did that for ten years. I, I ran growth. I uh, created the platform. I created ecosystems with broadcasters to get ways used on on TV for. Uh, uh, for explaining what was happening on the roads with the traffic segments. Um, I started the program called Connected Citizens Program, which is something that really uh, meant a lot to me. And this was our work getting our data, non-personally identifiable data, into traffic operations. So if we were amassing all of this great information, that was really important to see how it could be used to do something better, like reduce congestion and improve emergency response times. Um, So by the time I I left Waze, uh, we were in 800 cities, and I was struck by uh, how little effort it took to make that kind of impact. Anyway, we sold Waze to Google. Uh, I was involved in integrating uh, Waze into Google, stayed there for another five years after, uh, after we sold the company, and really just learned a ton about navigating this other level of scale. So as an entrepreneur, you don't always get to tackle scale, you know, the kind of dollar volumes and user volumes. When I started at Waze, I think we had a couple thousand users, and when I left, I think we were at about 150 million. So it's, um, it was really a great amount of learning, uh, and so that was a privilege. Anyway, that's when I fell in love with Cities, and I left to go start the Cities division of WeWork. And that's where I encountered, well, the insert giggles, whatever it was. It was also its own ride. But that's where um, I was looking at integrating software and data with physical space because they had offices in 110 cities, and the question was, how could we do more? So, for example, if you have an ID that can be used to access your office, can it also be used to access public transportation? What else can you do to build community outside of the walls of, of WeWork? And that's pretty much what we were, were working on. We didn't do it very long, uh, but it was enough to feel the pain of building physical spaces, um, The timelines, the labor shortages, the um, the constant change. And we have constant change in software as well, but it's just uh, you can hide it better. So the scheduling night- nightmares, I just came face to face with a lot of those problems. And so after my team and I left, we work, we thought, okay, first principles, we're not going with a, a whole bunch of money out. We need to focus on one thing. What should it be? We knew it would be in construction, but we just spent time talking to hundreds of workers at that time and in, in GCs, and we figured we have to focus on labor. That's the number one challenge. It's a big global challenge, 180 million workers. And it's not just that there's a labor shortage, which is a huge problem in itself, but there's just so much friction in a worker finding the GC who has a project right now, um, and having access to clear training and career development. If I'm a carpenter now, how do I make sure I'm going to be a foreman then? Or you know, how do I plan my career path?
0: I just thought it would be
1: really uh, important to spend time doing that. So that's what that's what we're doing. That brings us to course.
0: Well, great. And and my next question was going to be, tell us a little bit more about why you started Core. You, and you just kind of started to hit on that towards the end of um, your previous comment. But I'm wondering, is there, is there anything else that goes into kind of that those early stages of of launching this new endeavor um, with your partner and you know making those initial decisions to to focus on the labor piece?
1: Yeah, you know. At- that time we were having in-person conversations we were doing surveys we're doing a lot of research um, into what what part of the problem could we help with because we don't come from the industry right I come from that background and so does my partner but um, uh, we haven't been in the industry we've been in tech so we wanted to make sure that we were putting ourselves in a position that we could use technology to uh, and that it was really something that was going to be benefiting an ecosystem. I love the ecosystem ways. This is not like big, bad tech company coming to disrupt the whole construction industry because we think we know better. This is, okay, we heard that you guys want this. This is that these are the skills we have, and let's just go pull it off. But you know there was, you know, a time when we thought, well, are we gonna go more in the education and training space? Is that where the real problem is? Are we gonna go purely on the marketplace? Are we gonna go more on, well, it's now what I call logistics for labor, uh, but you know, how, do you, how do you make it easy for companies, a little bit more of a SaaS model, uh, to bring in these new people to manage their existing teams? Because it's pretty wacky. Whenever these big guys, they, they win a job, and then it's almost like starting a new company for them. Who's gonna be available to do the work? Who has the right skill, even within their own organization? they often don't know uh, because there are no good systems in place. And so what we ended up circling around and, and honing in on was, okay, we, my, my partner, he also he was at Google for 15 years and has a hundred patents and it's it just, he's such a great thinker and, and innovator. So, um, his idea was you know something sort of similar to uh to google's page rank which i think everybody knows now but worker rank and then worker rank is not just to stack rank workers who's better than someone else but for a specific project what are the skills that are needed what are the certifications the training but also the soft skills and so the the first piece of the platform we built is this really great matching engine uh that can Take either candidates that are outside of your organization and match them uh, to specific projects or even people inside of your own organization where the information is kind of scattered about their skills and their availability and, and all of that so it's really um, step one was okay we're doing this matching algorithm and let's go build it and we build it uh, and then of course Technology is one thing, but we've now had over two thousand conversations with workers as they onboard onto the platform to learn, learn what's important to them. So lots of talking.
0: <laughs> awesome, yeah, that's that's really great. And can can you walk you? So you talked about the matching algorithm. Uh, can you walk us through a little bit more of what the app does and and how how this marketplace works? Yeah. So
1: there's there's the web, and then there's the app, uh, and so the web. Is really you come in and you create a profile of your worker, but we make it really easy. So um, we vet the certifications that you give us, so we make sure that they're real. You can give your references that can confirm your skills and we'll do all of that checking. Um, you know, the things that I've learned are that people in this space on the trade side, they don't promote themselves very well. So they might have a resume, likely they don't. But in the resume, they might not be giving the things that companies are looking for. And so in addition, to, in addition to getting all of the information from our website, we try to have a five minute phone call with every single worker. And we can pull out things like if they're great collaborators, if they you know, are entrepreneurial, if they are, we can pull out all these other things. And they're, they're just so free when they're talking about their skills. Uh, So we combine those, and that's all the data that's going in. And then we score everything according to what we know about all the things that are going to be, you know, take to make this job great. So, for example, if somebody's hiring a general superintendent, which everyone's hiring general superintendents, the things that matter most are what are the size of the projects you worked on before? What was the dollar volume? That's how you figure out a good fit and often this kind of information is not even on the list. So we just try to make sure that there's good data coming into both sides and then the magic is is the rest. Um, and, and actually the technology is the easy part. Yeah. Um, it's getting people to feel comfortable talking about their skills that's much harder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's generally a problem. Um, there, there's some industries where it's not as much of a problem, but I I would say across the board, the vast majority of workers across job types across industries don't do a particularly good job of (laughs) conveying their skill set and selling themselves to the organization. And it doesn't at all surprise me that within the trades and the construction industry, that that would even be more of an issue. Um, so that's great. I mean, you're doing the hard work of, of, uh, the fact that you call everyone and have that conversation—that alone is just such a ton of work, um, and it's so important. So you can flesh things out a little bit more, yeah. have a have a better picture of what you're actually dealing with, and and I like that proactive approach to um, because you know especially in areas where we have labor shortages um, and construction and the trades isn't the only area, right? We have labor shortages in lots of different places yeah. in our economy. Um, and, and so organizations are wanting, you know, they, they're needing, um, uh, skilled labor. Um, they, they want people with the experience and with the credentials, um, with the hard and soft skills. And, and so they're willing, you know, most organizations are willing to put some money behind that because they know how much it matters to the success of their organization. The employee is that vital resource without whom they can't function. Right. And you know, in construction, obviously, you're not going to be building anything uh, without the actual workers. Uh, and the same thing in IT, you need the the, the technicians, the coders, and, um, to be able to build the whatever you're you're dealing with, the software, and every other industry, right? So, so the people aspect is so vital. Matching up is so important. Fleshing out the skill sets is so important. I love that you're doing all those things um, with this with this service. So if
1: you're a worker, you just come in, you complete that profile, you talk to us, and then you're in our system. And when we have jobs that match you, we just send it directly to your phone. So you don't even have to do, like we're trying to take out the job search. Because what happens is you end up spending so much time looking through things that are totally irrelevant for you. Uh, And so our platform has a big text and and push notification component, and you're only going to get notified if we think something is relevant to you. Uh, and then the same on the, the company side. So the company will get their job description in, um, what role they're looking for, and then they're only gonna get a list of candidates that we think are highly relevant for that. So you're gonna have fewer candidates and, and, and fewer job um, lists, but we're trying to just save people time and make them better lists. So what we do for the companies is we actually give them the score for that particular job too. And then companies are are, able to give us a score back so if we say somebody is um an 85 and the company comes back and says they're a 90 for this role then we learn something from that or if we think they're a 90 and they say oh that's a 65. so we've learned in that process what are the gotchas uh, for every single one of these different trades and obviously we're still learning but that goes into this big data stockpile that's helping us make those really good connections
0: yeah yeah that's great so, so you ha- you've had such a successful career, a serial entrepreneur, you worked, you, know, in small businesses. you worked in small businesses, you've worked in large corporations, um, you talked a little bit about the scale up and how difficult that is. Tell us a little bit more now just about CORE as an organization and as an organizational leader. Um, how many employees do you have? What types of challenges have you had as an organization as you've been trying to build out and, and uh, scale yourself?
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, So, almost everybody on our team uh, I've worked with in the past, um, or someone has worked with someone else. So, we're only a team of seven. uh, And, like I mentioned, my CTO, he, you know, we worked together at Google and then he came to be the VP Eng at WeWork. And now we're excited to do this together. Um, Our head of operations, Jenny, who's also a co founder. Um, I've worked with her for for six years at Waze and Google and this and uh, and then uh, one of our key engineers uh, who decided to join us. We also worked together at WeWork, but he sold the company to Dropbox. He was early at PayPal. We have a small team of people that um, we always joke that it's not our first rodeo, and we've done this all together. And you know, I'm often conflicted about that because it definitely, I mean, we know how to work together. We're executing very, very well. And that's one of the ways to mitigate risk in a startup. There's a hundred reasons we could fail or more, uh, but it won't be because our team executes really well together. Uh, And so I feel like I've learned a lot about knowing if someone is gonna be great at their role and making sure everybody gets to do the thing that they love and that they're really good at and that they have a team of superstars around them that they're going to respect the opinions of that person. Because one of the worst things when I have earlier companies is when one uh, member of the executive team doesn't trust the other member, if, it, you know, if marketing doesn't trust technology, doesn't trust sales, it's a mess. You're just you're wasting too much time fighting against each other. So for me, it's really so much about the team and you know now we're still in you know seed stage right which means we raised our first round of funding it means that we don't have product market fit yet it means we're still building everything we're building the car while driving uh and so you have to reduce the risk as much as possible that said i've been trying um, to build relationships and to make sure that we're interviewing people that are outside of our domain you know that next Generation of people who we haven't worked with before that come from the trades that are our team is pretty diverse too But it could be more diverse, right? How are we going to get those candidates in? And So I think a lot about uh, the diversity of the team and you know That always makes for a better team because you can just have better thought partnerships You can solve bigger more complex problems. So that'll be the next thing But for now, it's like I didn't take any chances seven people and then we have, you know, a, a few engineers. Front end engineers are in Russia, and you know, we have a call center that's helping us handle some of the volume of all these conversations with the workers. So we're we're kind of starting to outsource what we can after we know what the process has to be. But it's just small, small right now, and all yeah. that.
0: So so, how has that experience been? Either pre in previous roles where you've been in these small startups. And now, you know, when you're in that same kind of situation versus being at like a Google um, massive corporation, uh, h- how have you navigated those differences?
1: It's funny, they all just kind of fuse together. It's, I, I mean, at this point, you know, I, I've, I've done this a few times, uh, not always successfully, but I know the stages, right? And I know how to set expectations. And I think setting expectations is something that I didn't do as well uh, in my earlier parts of my career, right? Like, uh, I would say, okay, I would actually think that the first iteration of a product you put out, people would love. (laughs) Like, what was I thinking? Of course not. Um, I underestimated, for example, the amount of feedback and the amount of iterating and learning. And so now I feel like, all right, I know I have a pretty good sense of what are the expectations for this stage of my company? When should we be thinking of revenue? When should we be thinking of users? How are we getting the information? How do we know if we're doing well or not? And So I feel like that setting of expectations um, is the thing that gets better and more honed over the course of my career. And you know, I, I hope that this is a company that's gonna go successfully from seed to product market fit to scaled revenue. Um, and that now that I've been all across the board, Um, I hope that I'll just be able to navigate and set those expectations appropriately so that we build something really valuable and really important.
0: Very cool, very cool. Um, As we get near the end of our time here together today, I did want to give you... Oh, that's such a
1: bummer. This is is fun, actually, talking about...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, good, good. Yeah, I've been enjoying it, too. I've been enjoying not only getting to know you a little bit more, but getting to know your company and just being able to talk through these types of issues that you know we're clearly both passionate about. Um, and perhaps we can uh, continue this discussion again another time and, and you can come back on and share with us you know, as you continue to move through the stages and, and uh, roll things out further. Um, but be- before we part today, I wanted to make sure I gave you time um, to give the last word and to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your company and anything else that you would like to share
1: great uh so you can go to the web it's bycore.com b-y-c-o-r-e.com um if you are in the trade thinking about the trade please come give us a shot obviously everyone in construction we want your feedback we'd like you to be in Uh, and then in terms of last word i just want to say something is interesting interesting is happening in the human capital sphere where i feel like do you remember In the '80s or '90s, when the military, the army started doing all these commercials, and it's and the marketing didn't make you think that you were fighting or going to war. It was like I get to fly a jet, I get to wear an invisibility cloak. I feel like the construction industry is getting smarter. It's about to be really cool to be in construction. You know, we've got autonomous excavators and inspectors get to have drones. I feel like it's right for a whole new group of people to make this an awesome career opportunity for themselves. And I hope they do. And it's on people like me and others in the industry to make sure that the career path is there and that the money and incentives continue to grow uh, so that everybody can be happy. It's a good alternative.
0: That That's excellent. And I love that framing uh, of the evolution of the industry and uh, the role of technology in tr- kind of transforming uh, these the skill sets that are needed, um, and really just the, the sexiness of being, you know, uh, in the trades and being a construction worker. And, you know, in a previous life, long, long ago, I did have um, some time where I was uh, working in the construction industry back long before anything that you're talking about, you know, in terms of, of, of drones and any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, but even then, like it, it is a rewarding line of work um, yeah. because you're building and you get to see in real I time.
1: Exactly,
0: yeah. it's 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 incredibly satisfying to be able to see the fruits of your labor and that you you've built this thing right, and you you put on top of that um, all this cool technology and the the new skill sets that are driving the, the shifts in the industry, and it really is a great career path uh, for for people, and so it's it's important for organizations to recognize that it's important for uh, for the labor force to to recognize it as well, so. I applaud you for for the work you're doing in your company, and thank you so much for joining me today. I hope listeners will reach out, um, get connected, find out more about what CORE can do for you, and as always, I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, that you find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you all have a great week.